Are you ready for a career arc that flies high? You've come to the right place for today's innovator. Welcome to our Wednesday live event, Innovation in Audio. You probably know that my partner in Innovation in Audio, Skip Dillard, has crossed town in New York City. I don't know anything that's more exciting for a programmer than to actually do that. He's done that to go to work for Odyssey and their brand new brand, 94.7 The Block in New York City. He's planned to take some time off during December. Uh, we are planning an episode around asking Skip questions about his move and are excited about the work that he's doing, of course. And I think you will enjoy that. So keep an eye out for that. It is coming. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help media companies and other companies with strategic direction, separating their products successfully from competitors, helping understand consumers, and of course, getting attention in the environment where you're judged. I call that environment where you make your money. And working with RPC is about growing your future revenue. Everybody knows that consumer behavior is changing rapidly after the pandemic and here in the 21st century. Find out how to protect yourself and grow your brands and your value. If you know somebody who's looking for fresh answers, we'd love to help them. Please know that we are confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. This live event is part of a podcast series called The Encouragers Innovation in Audio Podcast and will absolutely become available probably within 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of the end of this actual live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. They do a great job. Today, we are actually going to visit, listen to this, Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, Amy Wigand, Director of, of Marketing and Communications of Drone Up in Chesapeake, Virginia. Now, now listen, before we get started with today's guest, I do want to give you a quick preview of what is coming next week right here on Innovation and Audio. And this is especially for anybody who's on the digital end of advertising and marketing. This is innovation. Uh, I've talked to this guy a couple of times. He's so interesting in what he is doing. His name is Daryl Hively is the founder and CEO of Guarantee Digital. They're in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. You'll also find their free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And for local radio sellers, get this, they're going to get even more encouragement every time they drop in at RainmakerPathway.com in our free blog section with something that we call Encouraging Sales Success. It's a series that we do that you don't want to miss. And of course, we have tons of other free resources for anyone in the radio business today. We do not lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do. So Go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team at any time. So listen, today's guest is an award-winning business developer and the first woman to develop something called a SA. I knew I was going to mess it up. S-U-A-S training program. There you go. In the state of Virginia. 
as an accomplished, decisive, and entrepreneurial senior-level professional with several decades of experience in revenue-generating management, she has a proven record for motivating and contributing to teams to just achieve results. She is a respected creative solutions provider contributing strategic initiatives while utilizing innovative sales, marketing, and operations methodologies to actually benefit efficient gains. But but look, get this. She talks innovation all the time. In fact, she's the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications at Drone Up. We are very, very fortunate to have Amy T. Wig and as our special guest on the Encouragers Innovation and Audio right now. Amy, how are you? Hello, I am well. How are you? And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you have joined us. Listen, okay, right off the bat, here's where I'm going. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. I see that you attended Appalachian State University. Your double major was communications and media and sociology, which is a little bit frightening for because you put those things together. Woo. Uh, people are passionate about Appalachian State. Tell us what makes that experience so good, Amy. Absolutely. So my experience and most every experience is unique and it, you put in, you get out, that kind of thing. So mm. Appalachian is, um, you know, nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. So uh, the scene is set for quaintness, coziness um, and an environment where you just want to curl up and study or ski, depending on what you like to do. Nice. So. You know, I I really loved Appalachian, and my double major was, um, you know, purposeful. I wanted to be John Stossel, and I wanted to talk about people on the news, and that's why I majored in communications and sociology. Um, my path took me in a different direction, obviously, but um, nevertheless, the education there was fun. Um, got to co-produce a talk show and learned a lot about radio, which is interesting, and broadcast news, and love it. Um, but again, took a different took a different path. And so I think, you know, the experience there um, for um, I call them kids because now they're old enough to be all my children that go to Appalachian State University is that, you know, you can start off in one direction and, and move to another and still be successful. That's what I like about you, too. I, I love talking to all kinds of people, especially those involved with innovation, about their career beginning. Because, look, it, it's often not like what they're doing today. I've, I've been to events at the Hilton, Charlotte, and Towers. Now, listen, you were the business travel manager there. You started a loyalty program there from absolute scratch. Can you tell us about that experience of doing that? I can actually. I was. I started right out of college in advertising sales, and um, my one of my key accounts was the Hilton, and they stole me from the advertising sales career that I had started, and uh, got into business travel sales management, which is basically building corporate accounts at a hotel. You know, Bank of America, First Union at the time. Those were my my key accounts. Duke Energy, and so. What we did in those days, which you can't do anymore, it's really not ethical anymore, is you create loyalty accounts. Um, some of them still have remained, like Hilton Honors. Um, but uh, we did 
pretty much mirrored the same thing, but in a local um, setting in the Charlotte, um, North Carolina area. So it was it was fun. It's, you know, being an architect of business is kind of my jam. I'm going to be honest oh, with you. Nice. I, like, I like building things. And so from the very beginning, um, I've been a builder. And that was one of the things that initiated my love for launching products and services into um into the world but well, didn't, yeah it didn't stay there unfortunately 9-11 occurred while i was working at the hilton um charlotte and towers and, oh and, uh, and look yeah. we've had a couple yeah. of disruptions in the 21st century that has impacted large-scale packs of businesses if you will and certainly sure. travel has been major league of impacted not just by that but things that have happened since i still believe that these loyalty programs uh, can be powerful and important as consumers of all kinds face so many splintering distractions we see this in media all the time mm -hmm. were you an early believer in those kinds of programs and do you still believe that some kind of loyalty program in all kinds of businesses is still important Hey, look, I enjoy them myself. I, you know, I'm a frequent flyer. And so I have frequent flyer, you know, mileage points. And yeah, absolutely. I think if you're a loyal um, customer, you should be rewarded um, year over year over year. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the promotions for newbies are much better than loyal customer <laughs> promotions. Well, that so, might be a problem with the yeah. loyalty program, right? <laughs> yeah, that might be. It might be yeah. here. Yeah, right. to your point. But yeah, I think there's a place for them. Um, I do think that there's been a shift in loyalty programs, especially at a local level. Um, and I think that's okay. I, I, I prefer not to be bought. I don't want to be bought myself. I don't want to be tchotchkeed to death or, you know, sent promo items every week because, you know, you want me to buy your brand. Um, but however, I do enjoy the hotel points, the frequent flyer miles and, and those kinds of things. So I, I sound a little hypocritical, don't I, Lloyd? No, no, actually, actually, I understand what you're saying. People don't like things that come off as insincere. So mm -hmm. how you design these programs and how you touch people who are really loyal to your brand is really critical and important. So listen, after your work with the Hilton, Charlotte and Towers, you actually jumped into a director of sales position with Charlotte Weekly newspaper and and listen, th th then you jumped in as the CEO and founder of something called the Prince and the Paper, and that's P R I N T S by the way, not Prince as in Prince and Princess. What did you learn starting your own business? Sure. So the path wasn't that direct. Um, after the Hilton, I, I, I went back into the uh, print magazine and advertising. Um, and wanted to expand my um, experience selling advertising into newspapers because I had been in, at magazines. Um, and that's where um, and when I went into director of sales for the uh, lo little local newspaper in Charlotte. And right after that, um, I was blessed to uh, become pregnant and become mm. a mother and quote unquote retired. Um, my now ex-husband and I moved to uh, Chesapeake, Virginia and followed his career here. And being entrepreneurial and liking to build things, I wanted to start something that would entertain me um, as a stay-at-home mother and ended up um, 
creating the prints in the paper, which was a small marketing business that created graphics and and print items for businesses and for um, you know social events, and that ended up um, I ended up basically franchising that into seven different states, um, creating a multi-level marketing company, so to speak. And this, mind you, is 2006, 2007 into 2008. When the a really economy, nice time, right? <laughs> right. Lovely time to be an entrepreneur, especially in the marketing world. Um, sure. Everybody was pulling their marketing dollars. So what I did was, um, when, luckily, I sold my business um, profitably and um, went back into um, what I call my big girl job. Well, listen, this is what makes you so interesting and and certainly one of the reasons that we wanted to get you on Innovation and Audio, because you are entrepreneurial. You are, I know you, you might not be seeing, seeing yourself this way, but you are brave to step in the breach sort of and go, okay, I'm going to use my creativity. And we all know that moms can do that because, come on, that's a hard job. Did you enjoy selling print or even then, were you looking for ways that you could innovate or use your time more creatively? Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, that, and, and, and I guess that's why I expanded the business. Um, and yeah, because it's one thing to have a business, but you expanded your business into franchising it into seven states. That's no small affair. It's no small affair. It was a joy, and it allowed me to learn or to start learning how to fly, which yes. is something I had wanted to do since I was a, a child. Well, um, don't get ahead of us because okay. we are gonna but, we are gonna take that left turn here shortly. Right, and it is a left turn, but yeah, so. Yeah, so I was growing this business and growing this business, and bam, 2008 came, and I needed mm -hmm. to take a different turn. And, and quite honestly, you know, um, no matter what they say, don't bring uh, your personal life into work. It happens, and I was going through a divorce and needed to take care of um, my baby girl. And so yes. um, I had, again, had to look for um, a different path, um, but was was lucky to have built the the, biz the small little business that I had grown um, to afford me the opportunity to comfortably uh, ease into, um, you know, a different life path. Yes. And look, Amy, I don't care what anybody says. If you've been through a divorce, you know, it's hard not to bring that with you everywhere you go because it affects so much of your life. Listen, here's a really great quote about you that I discovered. Quote, Amy is a leader. She is compassionate with her employees, but also has conviction and courage to ensure company standards are maintained at the highest levels and that department goals are achieved. I witnessed her transform a group of individuals punching the clock together into a goal-oriented team with a common vision, unquote. Now, what do you think the number one element in leadership is that it takes to draw people together with a common goal today? Empathy. Hmm, I think nice. a, le a leader has to have a, a skill set, right? We have to have more yes. than one attribute that helps lead people into the direction for success. And at the end of the day, we're in business to generate revenue. And um, but we need to do it together. We're all human beings and yes. motivating people and understanding how to motivate people is crucial. And empathy 
um, is proven to create results um, because everyone is a different human. And so I think if, if a leader has empathy and can relate and understand, um, they're better able to set goals to empower their teams um, and create, you know, an environment that um, is fun, happy, a place people want to come to. And so, you know, I think empathy is probably my number one empowerment and action, you know, letting your employees do what they need to do um, is, is crucial communication. I mean, the list goes on, but if I had to choose one, it would be empathy because it, 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 um, pretty much hub and spokes into everything else that we do at work. Well, and Amy, I think also, you know, I talk about this sometimes when it comes to sales, having empathy in that role, especially through a lot of what you've talked about. Let's see. Let's see what you've talked about. You've talked about uh, uh, what was it? 2006, 2007, 2008. Super fun time, right? You need right. some empathy there. And then, of course, you know, we've all experienced what COVID has done and what that experience has been like for us, too. Sure. Listen, you've had several other turns in business, especially doing business development, I assume, but then you made an interesting choice, and we're going to kind of, forgive me for using this, but I'm going to say we're going to hover here for a minute. Okay. Uh, in, in May 2014, you became the flight school director at Horizon Flight Center in Chesapeake, Virginia. That is a big move and a career flight pattern change. Mm-hmm. What caused the change for you? What what happened? Sure. So... I was reevaluating what I wanted to do. And I had taken flight lessons and have had a passion for aviation again since I was a child. Don't know where it stems from exactly, but it's been in, in, in me. Um, so, you know, I wanted to take on a different challenge. Um, again, I like to build things. I had studied um, at this flight school. This is where I took my own flight lessons. I knew the people, I knew the owner. And they were looking for fresh eyes to come in and basically be the general manager, you know, Um, running publications, being directors over um, different media outlets. You learn a lot about operations. And so, you know, I applied my operation skills, the knowledge I had about aviation, which is basic, very, very basic, um, and decided to just jump in with two feet and 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 go for it and it's probably one of my favorite jobs of of all times um you teaching people to learn how to not crash an airplane into the ground mm. <laughs> you know yes. yeah pretty so, important stuff <laughs> pretty 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 big deal and um you know worked with a lot of really lovely intelligent people um, that taught me a lot too you worked with any crazy people that you thought i'm never going to keep this person from destroying our airplane Anything like that? Yep. I fired a couple of them, Lloyd. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the rules of management is you've got to have the right people on the bus or there's a problem. Right. Um, well, we don't want anybody to die in aviation, so it's really no. important to have the right people on the bus. You know, like Warren Buffett says, it takes a lifetime for you to build up a reputation. It takes a couple seconds for you to destroy one. Uh, I want to go back to this fascination that you seem to have with aviation. Uh, And I'm going to ask the chicken or the egg. Here you are, you you know, you've got this opportunity to be the general manager of this aviation 
uh, related thing. And did the school come first or did the opportunity come and then they put you in the school? Which thing happened first? No, the school came first. I was a student. Um, as I was building the prints in the paper, um, I was a student. It afforded me um, the opportunity to take lessons, which I had never had the opportunity to do that before. It's not not very um, inexpensive to take flight lessons. And then oh, as right. I was building the business, I was thinking, look, commercial flying is for the birds. <laughs> and right. I would love to be able to, you know, um, maybe lease back uh, the Cessna 182 and write it off as a business expense and fly it to the to the other franchise. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was I was thinking, you know, I can do a lot with this. Plus, I just love it. Um, so that's where I was going. And, uh, but wait a minute. Yeah. But somehow and this is what's really fascinating about you. You sink yourself into the school and suddenly you're going to be the general manager of this. What what's happening here? Is that is that because you're a people person? Is that because they discovered you have these other skills? What what happened there? Well, it wasn't a direct flight path, let's say. So as I was going through my divorce, Lloyd, I mm -hmm. uh, re-entered the, the publishing industry and took um, basically a, a publisher's position um, at a group magazine in Charlotte. Um, so I moved okay. back to Charlotte uh, from this area in Virginia and, um, you know, grew, grew my career a little bit there and uh, retired basically in advertising sales as associate publisher for another group company. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't working for me personally. My daughter and um, my ex-husband and I, we had to meet halfway, um, oh, yeah. you know, five hour thing. So we just decided, I just decided I'm going back to the area. This is too much on my child. Um, and I'm going to find a job there. Unfortunately, in our area here in Chesapeake, Virginia, all of the magazines, all of the publications, folks are rooted here. They're rooted in the um, senior level positions. And I just wasn't quite interested in starting over. Um, so I just picked up the phone and said, hey, I saw that you, you know, might need some guidance, you know, for the flight school and, and some business development. And I'd like to talk to you. And um, we did that. We talked and, and it, it did. It changed the, the path of my career forever. You know, it's really clear that you are good at listening to people and you're also good at opening people up. Uh, is this always been a skill of yours? Because, I mean, first, first of all, I'm just going to say you're a go-getter. There's no question about it. If there's not an opportunity, Amy's going to make one up, right? That's been said before, true, and thank you. You're being very kind. I appreciate it. Well, look, we, uh, on this, uh, whatever you want to call what we're doing here, we call it the encouragers. That's our group here on the clubhouse. We are encouragers. So when we see somebody that we can isolate their story and go, oh, I see this is a pattern with you. We want to know how it's done. You know, and and we're really talking about sales here. And you know that people talk about how they buy from people that they like. You went to this aviation school. Next thing you know, you're the general manager of it. That conversation had to develop. It, they didn't just give you the job. You came and took it. True. Um, I'm a big believer in making things happen for yourself and, you know, having to survive some of my life. I think gave me the skill set to um, make sure that um, 
you know, I do what I need to do to take care of myself and, and of course, my daughter now. Right. Um, so you ask questions and, you know, I started off in sales and the, the, the sales 101 is asking questions and listening. It's the basics. Yes. And, yes. you know, you can't not listen and ask questions. You just won't get the sale if you don't don't behave that way. So I think it came, became ingrained in me once I once I started learning sales sales techniques and, and really how to, um, you know, influence people to talk to you about what they need. And did that and, come naturally to you? No, it didn't. I have to be honest. I was very shy um, from a young age, but um, blossomed. Um, I wanted to be successful um, mm -hmm. and to myself, for myself. I'm my biggest competition. So what does that mean? You know, what does that mean for me? And so everything I've done, I've set out to do um, for myself um, so that I could prove to myself that I could do it. <laughs> You know, I'm a little, little stubborn that way, but I think that's how it should be. You know, don't worry about whatever everybody else is doing. Just keep up with yourself. What's the old child thing that they say? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Exactly. I think I can. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It. All right. Yeah. So look, here's where things get really more interesting for me. You stayed close to aviation. So you had this fascination. You had this blush with aviation. You're going to fly your plane to these seven states and do all this. And then, of course, life hands you uh, lemons. You have to make lemonade out of it. You became the advertising director for the Aviation Institute of Maintenance, if I'm understanding that correctly, then you started working for DroneUp, okay? Let's right. talk about DroneUp. Give us the 411, give us the details on, on what DroneUp is about. Sure, absolutely. Well, let me give you a little little history there. Um, at the flight school, part of my job was to, to do business development and build programs that would supplement, um, you know, hours where our fleet wasn't taking off. You know, at a flight school, um, in the winter times, bad weather, you can't you can't work. Um, you can't um, make money, and so my job was to to fill the gaps. Right. Right. And so, so one of the things we did um, was we built an unmanned or UAS um, program there. And it really started with military contracts um, and training special elite military teams there. Long story short, Lloyd, um, I did that, um, became recognized in the community um, built the first training program, um, we think in the world, but we're just going to save Virginia just to be safe. Um, and from that, there was media exposure. And from that period, um, you know, I was courted by Tom Walker, who um, pinged me on LinkedIn and asked me if I wanted to have a conversation. Now, in the interim, mm. I had grown the flight school, um, what I felt to its mecca, and was very much missing the advertising space. Um, loved it, loved working in advertising and thought, well, let me get on the other side of this and be a buyer instead of a seller. And so spent a short amount of time at the Aviation Institute of Maintenance, which teaches people um, how to be um, aviation mechanics. And I, I did enjoy it, but um, already built corporate lifestyle and I was still talking to Tom Walker and I had a few conversations with him and a few other people that were investing in the company and I talked to a mentor or two and they said you'll never get another chance like this you should take it you can work for corporate any day of the week so, yeah so I went to I went to drone up um, 
uh, third employee. Um, now we're, I think, teetering over 100 with the anticipation to be close to 1,000 at the end of next year. Um, and so DroneUp started as um, basically crowdsourcing a pilot network to respond to public safety needs, whether it be sure. finding a dog, finding a missing person, incident management, um, search and rescue, search and recoveries. And, and that was really appealing to me because I wrote my training program at the flight school for public safety officials um, here locally. And so from there, um, you know, the company has grown and it's innovated and it's pivoted. And I'm, as you can see in my career path, I'm really used to pivoting. And that's what startups do. They find what works. And, um, you know, we work for a leader who is, um, not afraid to push us up his sleeves and uh, be a part of the team and make things happen. And so he's made things happen for himself and he's made things happen for a lot of people, including me. Well, no, uh, you're making me close one of my eyes and tilt my head sideways. <laughs> you, you are really solving problems in innovative ways. And this is why we want to talk to you because you it's not just that you're, you know, hey, I've got drones, I'm involved in drones. I mean, you can buy a drone, you could get involved right now. This is different. This is totally different. And how do how do I know that I need you and how do I reach out for drone up? Right? Like who is your average customer? Where does it where does it come from? Sure. So, you know, since we pivoted from being mainly public safety centric, mainly crowdsourcing a pilot network that would um, be able to service that uh, particular um, vertical, we've grown into a delivery space and that grew from the pandemic um, and wondering, you know, how we could help people in need. So still we have that, that humanitarian side. How can That's we right. help people um, get the, the supplies they need? So if you remember um, early 2020, there was no toilet paper. <laughs> Nobody could I do buy remember. I do toilet paper. That. People worried, were worried if they were going to have water to drink. I mean, it was a really scary time for a lot of us for the whole entire world. And so one of the organizations that were affiliated with that Drone Up Commercial Drone Alliance put out a call and said, you know, we want to send some ideas to the White House on how we can help and showcase how drones can help people survive tough times. And so again, our CEO, Tom Walker, he came to me and he said, Amy, I need to make a video in two hours and we're going to send it to the White House and this is what I want. And so we did it um, and we put together um, a program with several different team members um, mm. out in um, at a, actually an abandoned college to do some testing uh, for drone delivery um, to see how these drones would perform under the current regulations um, right. to deliver, um, you know, basic supplies to people in need. And we proved that it could happen. We proved it was successful. Um, you know, one of our team members uh, wrote a 54-page white paper on it. Um, and from that, um, we developed delivery services. The other side of the business is, is inspections. Um, facade inspections are a big deal in the drone world and for a lot of facilities managers and property managers and commercial real estate folks. Um, you know, 
let's just use this as an example, Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a building, let's say it's a four-story building and maybe it takes up two city blocks and you have to inspect that quarterly or annually. You have to build scaffolding all around that building to do an inspection with people and with their right. instruments. Well, building scaffolding can take two, three, four weeks just to build the scaffolding. You're not even talking about the inspection. A drone can inspect the entire property probably in a day. So you look at the return on investment for the data that's provided to the property managers. It's a real value for a lot of reasons. And that can spread to a lot of places too. A lot of return business, right? Absolutely. It's repeatable. It's it's repeatable. So you have a property management company that has a thousand properties all over the country um, and they need every quarter they inspect their apartment properties. Um, they inspect the paving. They make sure the roofs are great. They, you know, the easements, all of these kind of things. And so, um, you know, drones are going to play obviously a bigger part. They've been around since the early Uh, actually late 1800s with the military and the military has been doing this for a long time we just didn't talk about it Um, Mm. and of course they've done other things in the military but um, yeah so now here we are Um, our business model um, speaks to drone delivery Um, Walmart invested in us last summer and we are now building um, what we call drone hubs or drone airports with Walmart to um, create delivery opportunities um, in neighborhoods. You think about... Um, oh Amazon. Yeah, right. Watch out. Um, there's, there's... Think about how many Walmarts you probably uh, travel yeah, there's past a, there's on your way few. to work. Yeah, there's a oh, few. Yeah. Right? And so um, there's almost 5,000 Walmarts nationwide. And so each of those Walmarts is uniquely positioned in residential areas. And so, you know, if you put a a drone airport at a Walmart um, and um, throw some wonderful product on an e-commerce site, you have yourself a delivery business and you can get people products they need um, in less than 30 minutes. Amy, you've been in some very interesting meetings, haven't you? That that seems very clear to me right now. (laughs) You're doing business with Walmart. You know, Walmart is not for the faint of heart. They don't... uh, suffer fools lightly i can see where you you know look for you to make this leap over to drone up that that was scary in the beginning now you've got all these employees and it seems like you have a clear definable path the thing i like most about your thinking and your founders thinking is that it appears to me that you look for repeatable problems that you can solve for people saving them money and solving their issues. Would that be a fair assessment? You got it. Absolutely. And so right. I think I think you just hit an, upon another leadership button, listening. You're a great listener, Lloyd. <laughs> well, I try. It's taken me a long time to get to this point, I can assure you. So can you tell us about your involvement with Horizon Flight Center Youth Academy? Absolutely. So, you know, going back to building programs, um, one of the initiatives that we wanted to look into for a summer program was hosting a youth academy. Now, the next generation has always been a fave. I love children, um, always have. 
I had my first business card at 10 and was the babysitter for the neighborhood. So you get me around kids and it's just, um, it just lights up my world. They, they have so much to offer and, you know, wisdom of youth. Um, so we energy. built that. Yeah, absolutely. That energy is wonderful. And you, you get children around technology, around aviation, and you watch them and their curiosity. It's amazing. But yeah, so what I did was I put, I built a program. I built a youth academy program for the flight school. Of course you did. Of course I did, because that's what I do. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Right. Let's try it. Let's see if it works. Um, yes. So we did. And we, we got some great kids probably for three years. Um, until I left because I was almost there four years and um, you know they're still talking about it today it's really cool to see some of their posts um, some of them are in college now but one of them's in the Air Force so it's it's really 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 cool to impart you know your passion with the youngsters and that's what we did and um, you know I, I'm not going to lie to you it, it was a revenue generating opportunity as well but it, Imagine it, that. Yeah, Imagine it, you did that. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was a wonderful STEM opportunity, too. So we Absolutely. had a, a great community program, and it was a win-win situation for the children, for their parents, for the flight school, and for my heart. Well, you know, look, giving can also and often is also productive. There's sure. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with producing a profit and also doing something good for people. So today you're on the board of advisors because, you know, you've got all the spare time, clearly. Um, I would say that I would say this about you, Amy. If you give Amy a little spare time, she's going to make up something that she's doing. You're on the board of advisors for Drone Services Providers Alliance. How did you get involved with them? It's got to do with work. Right. So a friend mentor. Um, is the COO of Drone Service Providers Alliance. His name is Vic Moss, and he is um, an entrepreneur himself and has been in the drone industry since, you know, early um, 2011, 2012. I might mis misspeak, but pretty early on in the game for drone um, uh, industry people, and he's become an expert. And, you know, I tapped um, on his door when I started at Drone Up to see if he wanted to help me with a training program because he was an investor in Drone U, which is a training academy. Um, and so he and I just became friends and talked about it, and, and he's been so involved, and now he's an advocate for drone pilots. And, you know, I'm an advocate for drone pilots, too. Um, as an aviator, I want um, national airspace to remain safe and, um, right. you know, available to all of us. And so drones are not going anywhere. So how can I help, um, you know, advocate uh, safety for all? And it was getting involved in his organization with the other two guys, Kenji and Scott. And so what they do is they they follow state legislator um, le legislation, excuse me, they follow uh, federal legislation. They understand um, county and community um uh, issues and opportunities for drone pilots and so what we do is is we advocate um, with the jurisdictions basically to well and listen I, I think it's fair to say that when you're dealing with something that's innovative and I know drones have been around for a while and you can say as all the way back to the Civil War or whatever which is true 
Mm-hmm. Okay, not the kind of drones we have today, but that right. is true. Mm-hmm. I know that from my study of history. But look, people have fear of these things. You know, they have fear of what what is that going to do to things that are over our heads? What's that going to be? So you can't say that without some representation in this lane, you can't say it's going to take the path that you want. You have to kind of lobby for what you want, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. So, so listen, drone up in particular. I'm going to go back to that for a minute. Does your location in Virginia help that business? Well, maybe with government or well, it, uh, you know, it, cer- it certainly is um, a great location to be. But everything's virtual now, Lloyd. That's you know, true. it's so true. true. So, so it's really, um, it's really great for us to be centered near DC. But it's not um, something that has been a game changer for us. Okay, let's talk about you and mentors in aviation or mentors in general. This may be a better question. Can you tell us maybe one mentor and maybe how they changed something about your life? Because you do seem like an innovator who can grab onto mentors and and learn and take a, a leap forward. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the first person that I worked for out of college, she she was an entrepreneur. She started a publication, um, a magazine, and grew it and sold it to the McClatchy Company. So right. she was she was my first boss, and um, you know I learned from her, um, you know, basic sales. And so in that regard, she was a mentor. But moreover, she just was. Um, a great person and she was a great listener and while I probably didn't appreciate her in my early 20s as much as I do now I look back and reflect on who she was as a mentor for me and um, big shoes to fill there because she's a a fantastic uh, vibrant um, smart lady it changed the path of your life too right absolutely you know it's we I've talked about this um, in other groups and for young women it's a see me be me situation right you right. see another woman in a position of power um, right. and you know something within me was uh, you know entrepreneurial and successful probably from a young age um, and so she definitely um, shined a light for being successful woman um, and also being a kind woman and um, well, you know what it is. It, yeah. Yeah. Look, if you can see someone who's like you or you somebody that you want to be like. Right. Who is like you, you can repeat it. I hate to yes. keep going back to that, but there it is. Yeah. Now, listen, let's talk about you as a mentor. You do a fair bit of writing, including what you do for women and drones. What kind of questions do you get for Ask Amy? Right. So, you know, that has that has um, retired, so to speak, as Amy's gotten busy. Um, Oh, I understand. But still, you could tell us a little bit about it. (laughs) Sure. So 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 basically what we wanted to do was was open up an environment where um, anyone, not just women, but anyone felt um, that felt inclined to ask a question about the drone industry. And it really evolved actually into a spotlight um, and, and a highlight on people in the industry, which um, was great. And so we continued on and, and we talked to, um, you know, the 
the head of the drone program for the Minnesota Department of Transportation. Um, we've talked to people within Drone Up and, and others in the community. And um, Sharon Rossmark, you should have her on your show. She's She's been instrumental mm. in growing, um, you know, awareness um, of the industry to women because you know three to four percent of us in the industry are, are women um, and that's a small percentage right and so sure. again she's one of the see me be me people um, uh, you know if I can do it you can do it and so she's written books for young people and um, you know included me in that with some of these articles to try to um, get some more bandwidth on women in the industry being involved. And there's so many different ways we can be involved. You don't have to just be a drone pilot. You know, you can be in marketing, you can be in sales, you can be in engineering and, and you're involved in, in technology. And so it's been, it's been fun and it's been a pleasure to be a part of that conversation. Well, we are in the technology century or the innovation century, if you will. Listen, Amy, I, I want to thank you for being on Innovation and Audio. I hope you'll stick around in case uh, somebody in our audience might have a question for you in just a moment. Does that sound fair? Absolutely fair. Thank you, Lloyd. Okay, listen, if you haven't subscribed to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, look, you're already missing out on great content every single week. We also have this growing archive of shows for you, and you won't be, uh, you just won't believe what you can hear to improve the value of your own career. While you are listening to this live event, make sure you have joined the encouragers here on the Clubhouse app. Share what we're doing with friends in radio and audio and innovation. Find out what our guests are talking about every single week, including ways that you can help your career uh, become even better and certainly more innovative by subscribing to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. We do have these great guests guest every single week, and we are focused on encouraging you in the 21st century and encouraging your career. You can meet our guests live right here on Clubhouse or subscribe to either of our podcasts and get a treasure trove of content and great people that you'll you'll just hear their story and hear what they're up to. Our two podcasts are called the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast. They're both on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We are going to open up the room in case there are questions from you to our guest right now. Just push the button at the bottom right hand part of your screen right here on the app to raise your hand. Uh, if we bring you up onto the stage, we ask that you mute your mic until we call on you. I will say this, you know, you don't have to just do it that way. A lot of people don't want to speak directly on the app. They don't want to get in front of people. That's okay too. You can private message me right now and I'll be able to ask your question that way. Please do save the date and share this with anyone associated with broadcast or audio revenue, please join us on the Clubhouse app Thursday, January 13th, 2022. A little bit different time for us, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for our revenue-only focused event. 
that we plan to do quarterly for sales managers, market managers, and local sellers. If that's you, if that's somebody you know, get them involved. You can get them involved right through the encouragers. The 2022 Sales Liftoff is our first quarterly event. We call this Planning Your Bigger Revenue Year. And of course, sales consultant Alec Drake, he just finished up 15 years at Cumulus Media in Dallas. He is going to be with me. We're going to open up our panel of sales experts for you to discuss Q1, recruiting new sellers, and a roundtable with actionable items to help you and your team grow revenue in the first half of 2022. Our revenue partners for this first Q1 live event, Chuck Wood, who's the VP and GM of Delta Media Corp, a multimedia company comprised of seven television and nine radio stations in South Louisiana, and Scott Howard, who's the general sales manager of WoWo Radio and Federated Media in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Also, don't forget, coming up this Monday, you can join us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, for our radio rally right here on the Clubhouse app, Inside the Encouragers, December 27th, 2021. It'll be Aaron Michael, who does Afternoon Drive, 3 to 7 on Whistle 100 WSSL in Greenville, South Carolina, and is also on iHeart Country Stations nationwide. We're going to hear about his life. We're going to hear, I mean, wait until you meet Aaron Michael on Monday. You are going to be glad that you're here. Tell your friends in innovation, audio, and specifically radio, they can get our free resources anytime at rainmakerpathway.com in our free blog section. If you have a specific challenge in your media world and you would like to have a strategic advice, simply email me for a free and confidential consultation, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. I do have a question for Amy. Listen, Amy, uh, earlier you were talking about this. You, you talked about fixing a problem at the flight school, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but, but I'm just reading here from the question. You were talking about how you, you, you had times when you couldn't fly and you had to fill this time. Uh, by the way, a lot of concert venues uh, throughout the country, they have that problem, too. They they have a, an event site all year and they have to figure a way to fill that so that they can pay their rent, so to speak. Whose idea was it in your group? Was it your idea? Was it your boss's idea to fill that idea going in a different direction with the drones? It was my idea. They all thought I was crazy. <laughs> oh, they did. So wait a minute. So wait, so you, you brought this idea to work and you said, this is what I think we can really do. And they all went, are you nuts? So this is what happened. I started having executives call me. They're in the, you know, making six figures. They're getting ready to retire. They're saying, do you train on drones? I want to learn how to fly drones and do photography and, and do this and that and the other. And at the oh. time, the regulations didn't allow you to do that unless um, you had, you know, a private pilot's license, a light sport license, glider, hot air balloon certificate, Correct. right? Something like that. So I came up with a program to um, utilize some of our 
fleet that was underutilized, which was the light sport, um, and uh, paired it with some training and created a training program from, you know, how we train pilots. Very similar. There's a lot of sectionals, mapping, airspace, weather. You have to know all that in drone piloting. So it's, it's crossover, right? You have to understand national airspace. So a lot of the people that were interested in flying drones in the early days, um, you know, just really didn't want to put the time into learning how to fly an airplane just to learn how to fly a drone. And I frankly don't blame them. Um, but this was before what we call Part 107 dropped, which is now the, the regulation that oversees or governs um, uh, UAS uh, operations. And so once that dropped, it opened up another opportunity. Um, and, you know, I had some pizza and some uh, an open house and invited yeah. quite a few people. And NASA showed up and the Air Force showed up and a lot of people showed up and were interested in, in what the community had to say about commercial drone operations. And it started from there. And yeah, frankly, aviators, um, a lot of them still um, don't embrace drone flights because let's let's be frank, there's bad actors. There's bad actors in aviation across the board. And oh, so, that's right. you know, um, manned aviators were worried that the, the drone helos especially were worried about drones being unsafe and not being responsible. And, um, you know, that's what people like um, Vic Moss with Drone Service Providers Alliance and others, um, you know, uh, do. They want to make sure that drone piloting stays safe um, and we work together on it um, with our manned partners. So, yes, um, they thought I was crazy. They don't think I'm crazy now. They're congratulating me, especially after our Walmart news. <laughs> oh, please. I can only imagine when you get Walmart involved, everybody's head turned to the left and went, wait a minute. Who's wait. Amy? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah that that's girl. right. Yeah, so it was a risk. Hey, I took a risk. And so far, it's 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 working out. Um, and I hope it works out for the industry in general. It's been really, really a fun ride so far. I love that. Listen, I want to talk to the single mom now, okay? okay? So I got this question for the single mom. How do you do all the – I mean, because, look, you did all this as a single mom. How do you do work-life balance? Or they want to know – uh, do you right. do work-life balance? Right. So that's something I need to work on a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a workaholic. I love what I do. Um, I also, my daughter is a teenager now and she doesn't always want to be with me all the time. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she's a normal kid, but we're actually very close and um, she gets it. And, um, you know, she's actually um, a little chef and she cooks dinner and she helps clean and she's got responsibilities and um, you know it's really been a lovely experience I'm I'm really lucky I I only have one so I don't manage more than one and it does but one actually, is enough yeah it helps it helps I, I can't imagine being a single mom with three or four God bless them um, sure. and there there are many but um, yeah so you know we make it work and have friends who support and it's it's good stuff well we do try to keep things to about an hour our thanks to amy amy you've been so great uh being our patient and giving guest for this live event a very special thank you to joe kelly for producing the encouragers innovation and audio podcast which should be available uh, 
in the next few minutes or so, for sure, we want to say thank you to JustJoeProductions.com also for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast with others that you know who are interested in growing their careers in audio or really into innovation. Both podcasts are available right now on Apple Audible, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you don't remember one thing about the flying or the Walmart or the how to shift your career into gear and be creative, even if you're a single mom, please remember this. Be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of Innovation Audio with the Encouragers, and good night.